Hi, I'm Aubrey Charette. Thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast for Harrisonburg Nazarene Church. Please subscribe for updates and new episodes to this podcast. Also, you can now search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Join us each Sunday at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Facebook Live. Be sure to like or follow our page while you're there. Man, what a joy it is to be here this week in the life of our church. Um, This will be the most exciting week in the life of our church. Um, And so I'm just so, so pumped about what's happening. Uh, Some of you walked in and there's like caves and lions and elephants and you had no idea what was happening. It's the best week ever. Um, And so we're just so thrilled to see what God does in us and through us this week. And in just a few minutes, in five minutes, actually, we have a few people in the room that are going to just gracefully uh, sneak out and help us with one more thing that's happening this morning. Uh, we're packing um, some snack bags after a while. You'll hear way more about that, but there's a few of you in the room. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's probably not you, okay? Relax. But if you know what I'm talking about, that's you. And uh, we need you to sneak out in five minutes, uh, in 9.35, uh, head to the back. You'll still be a part of the service. It'll be all good. But this is an incredible week for us as a church to be on mission, serving and loving our community in powerful ways. And so this morning, uh, I just want to bring us back to the book of Acts. I've been away two weeks on vacation and really uh, enjoyed that time with my family, but I miss being here with you. It's been a blessing to be in the room this morning. And all summer long, we've been camped out in the book of Acts, uh, leaning into the call of God for us collectively, individually and collectively as a church to go. To go, And so this week, as we prepare to embark on the best week ever, a week of serving, of loving our community, of making a difference, uh, it only seemed appropriate this morning that we would once again turn to the book of Acts. So today we're going to be in Acts chapter 4, if you would go there with me. Uh, we're just going to spend a few minutes in the Word uh, today. And then before we leave the room, we're going to have a really powerful moment of commissioning of us as the church as we engage uh, this incredible week of serving the best week ever. So here's what's happening in Acts chapter 4. If you've been here this summer, you know we've been jumping all around the book of Acts. Some really incredible and powerful things have happened as the church has been born. And it's an incredible move of the Spirit of God. But in Acts chapter 3, we see that Peter and John actually heal a lame man. A man that was lame that could not walk through the power of God. They healed him. And he gets up and he starts walking. And when something like that happens, when you see the guy who was always the neighborhood lame, right? The guy that was always there camped out and suddenly he's up walking around. That creates some questions. That creates a stir in the community. And so Peter gets up and he just starts to preach. And in Acts chapter 4, where we're going to be today, the religious leaders are disturbed, That's a theme throughout the book of Acts. The Spirit of God is moving. The church is growing. The church is going, right? That's their mission. And as they go, man, there is persecution. There is resistance. There is the religious authority. The religious elite of the day are not too thrilled about what's happening. And so in verse 8, we're going to see Peter's kind of response. In the midst of preaching, in the midst of kind of the opposition of the religious leaders, let's read together uh, Acts starting at verse 8, it says this, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. You 
in all the people of Israel. Know this, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Peter's leaving no doubt who gets the credit. No doubt who gets the glory. No doubt this was not the food that we ate. This was not the weird pizza that we had. This is not a fluke chance. This was not, no, 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 no. This is the name of Jesus, the only name worthy, the only name that makes this possible. It's the name of Jesus. And then look at their response in verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. The religious authorities, they don't know what to do. If you continue reading on Acts chapter 4 later today, we're going to skip some of it for the sake of time. But they don't know what to do because it's clear that God is moving. This man was healed. They can't deny that. And as God is moving, they begin to warn Peter and John, you've you got, you got to stop preaching the name of Jesus. You cannot do this anymore. And so they send them back to their people with kind of a, a stern warning. <laughs> don't do that anymore. Well, if you know Peter... <laughs> If you know John, if you know the book of Acts, the believers didn't shrink back. They weren't afraid. So what happens is worship breaks out. I mean, I don't know what that worship service would have been like in Acts chapter 4, but Peter and John come back and the people are gathered there and they say, what happened? What happened? Well, they're, they're not real happy with us, but we just proclaimed the name of Jesus. And what they tell, Well, they told us to stop doing that. So, so what are we going to do? Well, let's worship. Let's proclaim the name of Jesus. And so they just start to worship. And I don't know what that worship service would have looked like for the early church, but I think it would have been a powerful moment as the man that was healed is right there in the middle of him worshiping, testifying to the power of God and what he is able to do. Now look with me in verse 29 as we skip down to the end of the chapter. This is their prayer. As they worship, as this is their prayer. Peter and John, who've already kind of been threatened, who've already been told, no, 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 don't do that anymore. Listen to their prayer. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God Boldly, I want you to see the posture, the posture of their hearts. Of This is the church, right? This is the church. Church is not a building. I like buildings. I'm grateful for buildings. But the church is the people of God. And so this is the people of God. And the spirit of God is moving and there's opposition. And when that opposition comes, there's an opportunity to shrink back. There's an opportunity to say, whoa, 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 let's have a meeting and make a new plan. But the posture of their hearts, it wasn't shrinking back. It wasn't fear. It wasn't, oh, woe is me, God, uh, why am I being persecuted? No, no, no. The posture of their hearts is, go. (laughs) Lord, help us to preach with more boldness. Help us to go. Let's be more obedient. And and as they did it, the place where they were meeting was shaken. I want to, this morning, from Acts chapter 4, from the things that we've just read, I want to share with you three insights that for some of us that have been here throughout the summer, it's going to sound a little bit like review. But these are foundational truths for us on what this call of God means. And then as we close today, I want to look finally at what all this means for us. 
this week as we embark on what I believe is an incredible week in the life of our church. First thing I, I want you to do is this call, this call of go is for ordinary people. You've heard that. If you've been here, you know that maybe. I don't know. They say that the human brain has to hear something like six times before. The, so maybe this is at least the third or fourth. But there's no doubt, according to Acts chapter 4, verse 13, that Peter and John were ordinary people. That's what astounded the religious leaders. They realized, man, these guys are so ordinary. But look at what God's doing. There was nothing incredible about them. There was nothing remarkable about them. They were basic. That's who they were. They were ordinary men. But this is the beauty of the kingdom of God. The beauty of the kingdom of God is that the kingdom of God did not come because of status, because of royalty, because of political greatness, not on the backs of the spiritual elite. The kingdom of God began and broke loose because of ordinary people. And so today, if you feel ordinary... Man, you are in a good place. If you feel ordinary, man, this is your gospel. This is your call. This is your kingdom. This is your savior. Why? Because the call to go began with just ordinary, ordinary men, ordinary people. That's who God can use. That's who God, that's good news for me. I don't know about you. You might be extraordinary, but I feel real, real ordinary most days. I feel like a real ordinary husband and a real ordinary father and a real ordinary neighbor. And I I just don't feel like there's much I can do. But the truth of God today is that the call for me begins. Yeah, God can use an ordinary person like me. Next, we see that it's ordinary people, but it's through God's power. Man, this is so key. Time and time again, the reason the book of Acts talks about the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit is God's power. It's God's power at work. Uh, and look again at Acts uh, 4.13. We just read. They realized that they were ordinary men, but they were astonished and took note of what? That they had been with Jesus. Peter and John were not operating on their own power. They were not doing signs and wonders and great speeches because they were so gifted and so schooled. and so that, all, all that's good. But the reason they were operating with such power and such authority is because they had the power of the living God at work in them. They were ordinary men, ordinary people operating through God's power. It was all about their power. Have you experienced the difference? The difference in your life of something that you do on your own strength and you work hard and you make it happen and you, yeah. And then the things every now and then, you get to step back and you get to see, wow, how was that possible? How did that happen? How can you explain? And you literally have to stand back and say, man, it was just God doing it. It was his power. And I don't know how I had the words. I don't know how I had the patience to endure. I don't know how I got through, but it was the power of God. And there is a difference. And the call that we're talking about today is not us getting pulled up by our boot. Let's go. No, 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 no. It's the power of God through ordinary people like you and me. Finally, finally, it's through God's power, but ultimately it's for God's purpose. It's for God's purpose. See, go is not about us. It's not about us making a name. That's not, this week is not about our church making a name for ourselves and showing who. That's not it. It's about God's glory and his purpose. And if there was a spotlight involved, it's like putting the spotlight back on him, man. It is not about me. Look again at their prayer as they pray at the end of Acts chapter 4. Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with boldness. Stretch out your hand. Perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 
through his name, through his name. And after they prayed, they were, the, the meeting place was shaken and they were what? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. It was his power enabling them to do his purpose. As they prayed, they said, no, 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 Lord, don't do wonders for our name. Don't do wonders for our sake. Do it through the name of your son, Jesus. It's your purpose. It's your, do, do it for you. Do it for your glory. Do it. And as I prayed with some of our staff and some of our leaders who have been working really hard to prepare for this week and for this, the, the vacation Bible school that's happening each night and the different projects that we're going to be doing, as I prayed, I said, Lord, uh, whatever happens this week, may it be for your glory. The things for our glory, that's not a big enough dream. That's not a big enough vision. That's not a big enough call. Those are easy things. Those are simple things. God, we want to see you do what only you can do for your glory, for your purpose, so that all who see can step back and say, wow, God, God is real and he is good. And that is what this call to go is all about. His purpose, his purpose. But, but then I, I said all that to say that was a really good review. That helped me. I don't know if it helped you. Would you look with me at the last few verses of Acts chapter 4? We're, we're going to start at verse 32. I want you to see, again, I want, you to, I want you to clearly see the picture of what's happening. That God is performing miracles and wonders. And as it's happening, opposition is happening. Real opposition. Not just like, ooh, we got made fun of. Like, no, 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 our lives are being threatened. <laughs> We could get thrown in jail. We could get killed for this. And in the face of opposition, what happens? Worship. And Lord, help us to go. Help us to be bold. Help us to be... All that happens. And then immediately look at what happens in verse 32. After everything we just read. It says, all the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. Uh, From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money and the sales and they put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. I want you to see what's happening as they go, as they obey. I want you to see that powerful things are happening, supernatural things, right? Like they're praying and the ground is shaking. That's not normal. That literally people that were lame that could not walk are able to walk again. That's not normal. This is supernatural stuff. But as miracles are happening and as people are being healed and as they pray and the ground shakes immediately, what do they do? They also turn to the tangible needs of others. Prayer is critical, and worship is critical, and teaching is critical, but in the midst of it all, you know what also became critical? Compassion. Caring for our neighbor. Loving those, looking for those that are in need and meeting those needs. In the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, there is no tension between meeting the spiritual needs and the tangible needs of others. There's no tension there. I can't see it. Why? I mean, look at what happened. Worship is breaking forth and miracles are happening. Oh, by the way, yeah, let's look out for each other. Let's make sure there's no one at need. And if they're at need, man, we're going to sacrifice whatever we need to why, to make sure that their needs are met. There was no conflict between meeting the spiritual needs of others and meeting the physical needs of others. In fact, in the early church, both mattered. So because of that, it matters to us. It matters to us today. We're going to close in just a minute. I want you to consider the impact, the impact of this call that we have as a church, our call to go. I want you to consider the impact. 
And if you haven't been with us or, or whether you have been, really this call to go, is, it's about obedience. It's about moving because we are creatures of habit and creatures of comfort. And so for some of us, it's really easy that our call, we feel like should be, be comfortable, Get in a rhythm, get in, but the call of God is to move us a step beyond our comfort, a step beyond our people or our focus or our neighborhood or our, whatever it is to go across the street or across the office or whatever that means for you to go. But I want you to consider the impact that is possible, not as one person goes, not as two, but as the church of Jesus Christ, as the church here planted on this corner of Boyers and Port Republic Road, as we obey the call of God to go, I want you to consider the impact, the lives that can be changed, the needs that can be met, the hope that can be restored, the lives that can be given, not just tangible hope, but spiritual hope, right? I want you to just consider, I want you, I pray that God could give you a vision of the impact that can be made as we, as the church, obey his call to go. It's, it's, not, it's not an impact for our glory. It's not an impact. It's not stuff that we can do on our own power. If we could, then we would get the credit. Yeah, look at us. Look at, no, no, no. It's his glory. It's an impact that goes far beyond what we can do on our own because we can stand back and say, look at what God did. Glory to God. Praise his name. He is worthy. Today, I want you to consider the impact the church can make as we go. Remember, ordinary people, through God's power, for God's purpose. That's what it means for us to answer his call to go. Jesus, I'm praying today for your church. I'm praying today for hearts of surrender. We've talked about that in this series, that ultimately we can't obey you. We can't please you without complete surrender. And so I pray for posture of our heart today that would be surrendered. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, whatever difference, whatever impact you want to make through me, I say yes to you today. Lord, I pray today for hearts that are surrendered and yielded to your work. This call is so much bigger than us. That's the problem, Lord. When it's about us, we become paralyzed. What do I do? Where do I go? What difference can I make? But Lord, when it becomes about you working through us, when it becomes about us as the church coming together, Lord, the impact that can be made for your glory is immeasurable. And that's your call for us. I pray today that we would not just be hearers of the word, that we would be doers of the word, not for my glory, Lord, Not for my spotlight, but for yours. Make us a a church surrendered, obedient to your call for us to go. And thank you for the lives that will be impacted through your power at work in us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Thank you again so much for listening today. Email us at info at abeaconofhope.org for any questions about our church. We have two gatherings every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and a third gathering at 11.45 in Spanish. Celebrate Recovery also meets here each and every Monday night at 6 p.m. We're at 1871 Boyers Road in Rockingham, Virginia, and we would love for you to join us. As soon as you're finished listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.